0: Good afternoon, everybody. We're excited to be back for our latest portion of our podcast. We're excited that we came up with our name thanks to Assistant Director Demi Tetrolt. Our podcast will now be called Youth Centered. And uh, this is the fourth in the edition, and I'm very lucky here to have a guy that I consider a friend and someone I truly respect in the business, uh, Andy Van Horn. Thank you for coming on the podcast, Andy.
1: Thanks for having me, Rick
0: uh we're also doing something a little bit different today we're also going to be videotaping this so it'll also be seen on on cam so we're excited about that and uh, hopefully uh andy and i look all right behind camera also um andy i've asked to come on the podcast today because him over a number of years him and i have had some great conversations on building culture and building culture in a variety of places as a teacher him building uh, culture in the classroom Myself, building culture at the youth center, and then both of us are are big fans of sports and the whole key of um, building culture within the sports teams, and and Andy's a coach here at at the high school. So, uh, Andy, for the people that may have not had you for class or their parents are not aware of you, a little history of Andy Van
1: Horn. Uh, Well, I grew up in the Merrimack Valley, Uh, went to Methuen High School. Uh, I have a a wonderful wife who keeps me grounded, Uh, three children, uh, Reagan, Grant, and Calvin. Um, and they help uh, me keep it real at all times. Um, they're, they're the best things in my life. Um, I've been teaching history here at North Andrew High School for 15 years. Um, guilty pleasures, I like to bake bread, uh, and uh, I love to read, so it's a little bit about myself.
0: That's awesome. Uh, We talk a lot, like I said, about building culture. Uh, When I when I say building culture uh, to you and to our listeners today, what's that mean to you in building culture?
1: When I think of culture, I think of values based, purpose driven culture. So really, what we're talking about is you have you have a standard, and you have a plan uh, in implementing that standard. Um, So that's what I look at when, or I think of when we're developing culture, whether it's in the classroom, or in sports teams or really anywhere, if you want to be successful, it's got to be values-based and it's got to be purpose-driven. And really by doing that and having that culture, you're just making better people. Um, I think that's when when I think of culture. You just want to make people better uh, by being involved with your program or classroom or whatever it is. Sure. When I first uh,
0: got to hear of the name Andy Van Horn, kids would come to the youth center and talk about why your class was maybe just different than other people um, and, and more engaging and they felt more in tune to some of the learning that they were getting from your classes. How do you build uh, culture in the classroom and, you know, is it done basically with the text of what you're trying to teach? Do you have other ways to gauge
1: kids? I think the biggest thing is uh, I'm passionate about uh, about what I teach. Um, even my coaching, I'm passionate as well. So I think if it's uh, something that you love to do, uh, I think that the kids the kids see that. And so for me, my, in my teaching, um, I try to bring the energy and uh, bring that passion, and um, hopefully the kids see that. And they, you know, I think they respect you when you're honest with them absolutely
0: when you can you give us some ideas of maybe you know i know that you are a very passionate person what are some things that when you get kids in the first of september or the second semester what are some of the ways that you implement your culture to
1: the kids right from day one i think the biggest thing is i want the kids to know that i care about them um, in the sense that i have my own children and i know that they're they're my number one priority but also um, that I care about them individually. And I want them to do well in the class, but also I want them to know that I care about them and I try to make a point at least once a week to touch base with each of the kids in my class. You know beyond just the, the class-wide hello to, to you know, go over to someone and say, hey, how are you doing today? Or, hey, are you in the band? I heard you, I heard you guys have a concert this weekend. Or, hey, how's the soccer team go, uh, doing? Something like that I think goes a long way with kids, especially when you're in a big school and maybe you may not be a superstar athlete or you may not be um, the, the lead in the play. Um, I think you want to make everyone feel like they play an important part in your classroom. Um, just like with a team, you want to make everyone feel that they have a role and that you care about them. I sure. think that's again that's that value, values based. You know, they, if kids see that you value them as a person, they're going to want to do better in your classroom or on your team or anything like that. I love how you talked about connecting with kids. So at the youth center,
0: as my staff knows, we have a. A big uh, policy of relationship building and really connecting with kids and it's as simple as some of the things you're saying saying hello to someone when they walk in the door at the youth center at 2:30, 30 uh, asking them how they're doing showing some interest in other things and obviously our staff has some of their own interests but to, to for someone like me it's very clear that the sports guys come up and talk to me all the time or or some of the girls that are actually doing a number of amazing things but I'll go out and reach some of some of the kids that are quiet and just ask them how they're doing and I'm, I'm amazed how they perk up and it's it's very simple I try to tell people it's not we're not reinventing the wheel here just kind of connecting and then once you can build that relationship I think building the culture that you want to do it in the classroom or on a sports team is so much easier we talk about I think our passion I think passion is a great adjective that kind of describes both of us but you know sometimes there's roadblocks into building culture any roadblocks that you've seen in the classroom is trying to build road uh,
1: culture sure i mean i think for me uh certainly personally one of the roadblocks i faced early on was when i played sports or when i was younger i think the culture that we grew up in was a lot different and i actually taught or not even so much in the classroom but certainly coaching um i coached and utilized a culture that i was brought up in and that necessarily wasn't i in hindsight the best for kids so i think when you look at the roadblock certainly myself uh, i was a roadblock early on in developing culture um so you know being able to to self-actualize and see you for who you are and then being able to change from that um, i think that's one roadblock um another i just think you know, time i think kids are spread so thin today as well as adults like we all live in this fast-paced world i think that uh time is a, is a roadblock because you want to implement this culture and you want kids to know that you care but they've got you know they've got their friends they got to worry about they've got you know mom and dad we were talking before where am i going to college or wh- how where am i going you know all these different things i think so i think that's a roadblock as well so i think you know myself certainly <laughs> i was a roadblock to creating that culture and then as well we have a finite amount of time in our days and trying to address you know culture and work and family time and all those things those are roadblocks and and trying to establish that it's absolutely true
0: i mean i think that we're lifelong learners in the area of culture um you know people will say to me wow you've built a really good culture and i don't stop learning on that uh just take um, villanova's national championship two days ago i picked up some things from jay wright to kind of you know might have uh, maybe apply to the high school and maybe apply to the youth center a little bit more so we're lifelong learners on that uh, and I agree the time thing is tough like we we want to build such culture we want and it's sometimes there's not enough time in the day and uh, obviously in a, another podcast topic should be how kids are over <laughs> over programmed and parents are stressed out so we'll, we'll add that to our <laughs> absolutely list of things. you've been a, um, a uh, as well as a teacher here you've been a very successful coach and you've coached a number of different sports I actually first got involved with you from an athletic standpoint with your very popular um, speed and strength program that you've done with all of the teams here at the high school but also the amazing job in the summertime that you get with the kids at early in the morning. And, and you and I have worked close is forming some relationships with Gatorade and <laughs> uh, as well as a lot of symbolism that we've used. Uh, I was actually fortunate to borrow your uh, Game of Thrones yes, throne yep. for last summer for some symbolism that we did. Talk to me a little bit about culture on the sports aspect, you know, similarities and differences with the classroom. And if you can touch on maybe some of those symbolisms that you've used.
1: Yeah, well, I think when I... Think of a, a culture, when I look at sports teams around here, a culture that's really been successful. Um, one of the most successful would have to be the, the track program here at the high school. Um, just looking at programs that I'm not involved with, and I say, okay, who has established a positive culture where the kids are buying in, where they've taken the leadership uh, role uh, to where they now are implementing the the values of the program without the the head coach telling them. I look at uh, the North Amber Track program. I think they do a tremendous job. Um, that, and that's just one example. I'm sure of other of many programs that do a good job with culture here. But I think those successful teams, they have a culture where the seniors, the juniors, the sophomores, they all work for each other, and they understand the standard, and they apply that standard to everyone, and and. You know, it's cliche, and I've seen it uh, online, but it's they don't tell people, you know, the coach doesn't tell people what to do. They tell people that's not how we do things here. And I think that's when we look at successful cultures. It's where it's not a top-down approach, but where everyone now is, you know, buying into, you know, this is how we do things and and going from there. Um, So far as symbolism, you know, we've used uh, I'm going back to the time of uh, coaching with John Rafferty with the football program uh, I think hard work goes a long way um, you know for us symbolism with the football program was uh, this year we had the lunch pail mm. and so it's you know and th- I sold that from uh, Virginia Tech and the idea of the the lunch pail mentality of uh, you know the the guys working uh, the iron workers or the coal miners or anything going down doing a, an honest day's work and uh, being rewarded for it and so for us you know the symbolism of you know putting in the time and um, Understanding that it, it is difficult and there are going to be challenges, but then getting the job done—that's um, some of the symbolism we've uh, we've utilized.
0: Yeah, we've uh, we've actually incorporated some of your ideas <coughs> over the last couple of years. Uh, this past summer, we used um, you know basically a power driver, a uh, that we basically symbolized that we're pounding rock and you know trying to eventually chip away at rocks and then get the finished product. And what we've found with the kids is they, they've really embraced the symbolism piece. So, you know, whether it's using the hard hat or the lunch pill or an axe or some of the things that we've done, uh, kids love to, to win that. And what we've seen also is it's created that, you know, not just the kids who score the most points or do the things get recognized, but, you know, the people that are putting all the the, the lunch pill efforts. I, I enjoyed watching your post during the fall with the with the football team, and I, I, a number of kids that won that award were not the kids that I would read about in the newspaper, but just kids that gave an effort and, and built a culture. And, you know, it's it's pretty exciting to see the culture being built. One of the things that we started this year with the boys basketball team, Paul Tanglis, Uh, we met and we talked about doing a culture training and uh Thanks to Stachi's Pizza, we fed the kids, and then we actually spent about five hours working on, you know, team goals, some of the things that they might think that they need to be successful or whatever, and it it was really successful. Looking next year to also do it with Meg Pinkston and in the in the girls program, and then ultimately, quite frankly, we'd love to offer that service to all of the sports teams, uh, because I think the kids got a lot out of it. Um, it was an enjoyable evening, and I think and I don't want to say that the culture and height had anything to do with the boys going to the winning the Division Two North, but it didn't hurt, and it was definitely something that was the kids think back, thought, you know, fondly on. So, um, so where do you see culture going? I mean, is this something? Do you think that you know it's just in a little bit of a heyday right now? Do you think it's here to stay? And maybe some thoughts to some of the young teachers out there that are maybe thinking about how to build culture in their
1: classroom or, or on a sports team. I think the, bi- the biggest challenge with culture is being able to identify what, what your vision is, and then creating that plan, and then consistently adhering to it. Um, that is what I see being the biggest challenge for developing a culture, whether you're in the classroom or a sports team. Um, oftentimes, uh, in sports, I talk to my players about controlling what they can control. You, know, you can control your attitude, you can control your effort. And I think the same thing goes with culture now. You know, You try to identify simple things that you can control, within your team culture, and then you consistently you know, be fair and firm in the application of those cultural norms. And I think if you can do that, you develop a culture, and I think that has uh, far-reaching consequences. So like something like you mentioned with the basketball team, I think hopefully something like that, where that aai I don't, I don't want to belittle it by saying a small activity, but like a one-time sure. activity, hopefully that builds into something now that translates into you know, when they're in the classroom. Or when they see someone uh, maybe off the athletic field that is a teammate, you know, it says, hey, that's not what we're about. That's not what we do. Um, you know, and then that translates into something bigger. You know, from, we always talk about uh, from small things, something big happens. Um, I was talking to my children about that the other day. And I think hopefully that's something where, where you have teams meeting and talking about culture. Um, maybe that's where we start talking about becoming a more inclusive school. Um, you know maybe that's where that first step uh, comes from from the athletic teams um, but I, I you know that's definitely um, culture is not going to go away I think it's something that that needs to be established and It's something that needs to be developed and it has to be nurtured um, I think we we do ourselves a disservice if we don't acknowledge uh, the importance of culture Absolutely. Very well said. You know,
0: one of my things that I'm looking to work with, um, and I've talked to, you know, Jen Price about this, and obviously working with Superintendent Gilligan when he takes over, um, is kind of helping people understand culture and to build it. I, I think there's a lot of people that have actually said to me, I like what you do, Rick, but I, I don't know if I can do that. And I I say it to you, and I know what you mean on this, it's we're not solving world hunger here. I, I do think that it is something that people need a little bit of encouragement, some skill, and there is some skill to to doing it. Um, something that I think that comes natural to you and I right now could be terrifying to some other people. And I just think the more we can help people you know, be better at it and train them at it and, you know, do some skill development with it, all the better. Because I agree with you, culture's not going anywhere.
1: And I think a lot of people think of culture probably like, oh, I was in college and I did these icebreaker activities and they're very uncomfortable for me and I don't want to do it and I didn't get anything out of it. And I think even something like that, it was a one-time thing that never went any further. And I think that's the other piece, you know, mentioned with, with culture is that it's you have this vision and then you consistently adhere to whatever the culture is and you reinforce it constantly, That um, it's just so important. I think you're doing a great job with it and, this, and by the way, tons of other teachers
0: within our system that are doing some great stuff with culture and I'm always trying to find out from people what they're doing and we're all robbers to a certain degree, S- steal some ideas and see how it incorporates into this. Um, you and I may be two of the greatest fans of Game of Thrones uh, and both of us um, are pretty upset we have to wait a whole nother year before we get the final season but I look at the Game of Thrones in a lot of ways. I've actually said to you, you and I should teach a class at North End of a High School on Game of Thrones because I think some of the themes and everything are very relative to what happens in life. Um, but I, I can't let you go without talking a little Game of Thrones here. Um, What's the weight been for you? I know you've read every book. Uh, you've been up to speed. You're my uh, you're my mentor. I think I didn't get into Game of Thrones until year three, and then Andy said, you got to check this out, and uh, I've seen every episode twice, and uh, obviously looking forward to
1: it. But um, what, are, what are some of your thoughts for the season, and how do you relate culture with that? Uh, I'm actually more disappointed that uh, they haven't written the new book yet, uh, mm-hmm. because that's taken much longer than it needs to, uh, to come out. Um, I love Game of Thrones uh, because I, I, I've talked to Meg Pinkston about this before. I think that um, I think every character you can relate to someone that you know in life. I don't know who my Ramsay Bolton would be, um, but I think there's always a character you can relate to life. Um, and so, uh, I'm sorry. The, the previous question.
0: Well, I just wanted to ask you, like, how did you how do you relate that to culture? And I think you you talked a little bit about, and I agree with you. I, I walk around life and I basically say, you know, this is the character from. You know, Littlefinger is definitely, yep. that's a guy that's Littlefinger. And again, I don't know <laughs> yep. if we have Ramsey Bolton, and hopefully we <laughs> don't. But, uh, you know, a lot of the characters are just very relatable to everyday life, even though it's a mythical fantasy uh, TV show, um, every aspect of alliances and people doing right
1: and people doing wrong and that like. I think with in regards to culture, then, in Games of Thrones, I think of um, I was just reading a, a book called Legacy, uh, about the All Blacks uh, New Zealand rugby team. Yes. And in it, they talked about uh, integrity. And so I think of characters like Jon Snow, and you think of integrity and your ability to keep one's word. Um, I think that um, that is something certainly you pull away from Game of Thrones, and I think that's one of the reasons that people you know uh, would like a character like Jon Snow, um, is that he is a person of integrity, that even though you're watching the show and you say, why are you doing this, Jon? Right. This doesn't seem like the best idea. Um, he's someone that keeps his word, um, and even so, um, you know I think that's one person that I would look at, and I would say you know when you talk about culture and related, you know someone like John, you want a John Snow on your team, you know you want that that guy that's that you know where he stands, um, that he's not going to waver um, when push comes to shove. Absolutely, I mean I. As you know, uh, my favorite show of all time is The Wire,
0: and I know Principal Chet Jackson agrees with me on this. Um, But The Wire, after being ended for 10 years, has become a subject matter for a lot of college classes uh, in both communications, uh, criminal justice, and social work. Uh, Amazing show, if you've you've never seen it, I ask people to, to check it out and you can relate it. I think we're gonna be talking the same way about Game of Thrones at some point when we can relate it. And unfortunately, I see in terms of athletics I see a lot with Game of Thrones in terms of, you know, alliances being built or someone and where's loyalty and, you know, where is, you know, commitment and things like that. So, you know, at some point in time you actually might be running a class on Game <laughs> Maybe. of Thrones. But how about for our listeners? I know you have an idea of what's happening in the final season. What what's gonna happen?
1: I have no idea. Um I have no idea where the White Walkers are gonna end up. I don't know how they're gonna stop them. Um I have no idea what's going to happen with the Targaryen. I I really have no idea, Rick. I I thought about this question long and hard, and I really cannot I cannot see an end to this. It's
0: uh it's gonna be a sad day for both of us when it's over. But same with you. I'm I'm looking at all different things. What happens to Daenerys and, you know, Brandon and uh, you know who really is Jon Snow and, you know, obviously I have, I love Jon Snow for a lot of the things you talked about the integrity and stuff and. You want to see that he's still standing at the end, but you're not 100% sure, and, you know, we're all wondering what's going to finally happen to Cersei and everything else, so I guess we have to wait another year, but uh, I do tell people do not go to YouTube because everyone has a scenario of what's going to happen, and uh, I don't know if anybody has the inside source or not, but... uh, do not uh, call me on Sunday nights starting next year because I will be unavailable for the last season. So um, any, uh, any final thoughts you want to kind of send maybe to our younger population uh, on embracing
1: culture? I think again, you want to try to identify um, what you hold dear to you, what you value uh, about yourself, uh, about your family. And then uh, whenever you're making decision, decisions, uh, make sure that the, t- the decisions you make um, are true to who you are and what your family uh, hold dear to them. Um, I think that's that's the beginnings of culture, and um, really, you want to you want to be a better person, and you want to make uh, other people become better people. Um, I think that's the biggest cultural norm. I think we can all embrace is, um, you know, we just want to make people better people, and I think that transcends the classroom or the sports field. And if we all did that. It'd It'd be a much better place I'm sure. Absolutely. Very well said. I can, I look forward to
0: continue working with you. We've we we share a lot of obviously the same philosophies on things and you know, my big push and I'm asking you to do it too is to continue and embrace pushing Uh, culture building and there's just so many ways we can do it but as you said earlier culture is here to stay and uh, we need to do the best we can to continue to build culture Uh, i want to thank andy for coming on our podcast next week we will be having assistant director demi tatrel is going to come in because there's a lot of questions from parents on our summer program so we're going to do the nuts and bolts of everything about how to sign up Uh, what's still available for programs, and they're all tricky. How do I transport my kid there, et cetera. So she'll do a little Q&A with us, um, and we're looking forward to that. As always, thank you to Susan and NACAM for helping us, and uh, hopefully we also look pretty good on video and not just the podcast audio. Um, And as we always say, too much passion is not enough passion.